Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 38 of the Financially Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, joined as always with Tanner Bortnam. I'm a small business owner. Tanner is our certified financial planner, JD, wealth manager, and industry expert. Welcome, Tanner. Second episode of video. That's right. Also, I'm taller than you in real life, but I'm also taller. And in this one, I feel big. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I got rid of my bad clashing with the the red jersey and the purple background. So hopefully, this is a little easier to watch. Sure. Uh, Today, in this episode, we're going to talk about 529 plans. I believe we mentioned this um, maybe in a previous episode a couple couple years ago, um, but uh, recent changes to a 529 plan, that's the reason why we're going to talk about it today. So yep. we'll just dump, dive right in. I don't dump, jump, <laughs> dive, merge those two. Great new word. So, that's all good. What's, <laughs> what's changed? Uh, yeah, well, let's let's start with kind of the the old and go over that real quick because I know you'd mentioned we'd done a previous episode on it before. Um, so what a five twenty nine plan is is it's a educational savings plan, um, and it's where people can put in money for you know their kids, grandkids, um, and and create this educational savings account that has some tax benefits for it. Uh, there's limitations on how much you can put in. Um, and under the old plan, it, well, and I guess still the new plan, but it's designed to pay for qualified educational expenses. And, uh, the benefit of it is that you can put money in and it grows tax free. And then any of the contributions and the growth, as long as they're used for qualified educational expenses, and there's a list of, you know, those, what qualifies for that. But as long as it's used for that, then um, any of the growth is is tax free, and uh, it's a good way to help um, you know save and and earn uh, some money on the, that savings, and then use it for uh, you know your kids or or your grandkids' future college expenses. So that's that's what the five twenty nine plan is, um, and then as you mentioned here at the end of 2023 when congress passed the secure act 2.0 um there's a litany of things that were changed but one of which is some of the rules in regards to the 529 plan and so today we just want to go over that um what the new kind of changes are and then maybe some planning strategies for people if they are in this um you know if they, if they can utilize it, because it, it definitely made it a lot more advantageous, in my opinion, than what the old way was. 
So what, why weren't you a fan of it before? Uh, yeah, so the, again, kind of just giving a little history on it. The old rules, um, I, I laid those out, and, and it's for qualified educational expenses. So if you saved $10,000, um, had some growth on it, and your kid goes to college and uses all of that for tuition, no problem, right? Uh, the problem came up would be if uh, there was extra money in there or if your kid got a full ride, well, thus they wouldn't need it. Um, so basically any time that there ended up being extra money that was unused. Now you can uh, change beneficiaries and you can switch it to, you know, a different kid. Um, but, you know, eventually like what if all of your kids get or what if you only have one kid or, you know, there, there's there's a potential for money to be in there at the end that can't be used for a qualified educational expense and uh, what it what the penalty was is if you don't use some of that money for a qualified educational expense there's a 10% penalty on the growth so you know not your contributions nothing like that just on the growth is that a huge burden no because again, it's just on the growth and it's 10%. But at the same time, we don't want to pay penalties if we don't have to. And so my previous um, strategy for clients was let's do a Roth IRA and contribute money to a Roth IRA because you can take funds out of that for exactly the same thing, qualified educational expenses. Um, but if the kid didn't utilize all of it, well, there you go. Now you saved up some money towards a Roth IRA and towards your retirement. So, um, that's, was the old strategy I used, uh, was the Roth IRA. And then if we wanted to save more than that, then we would, you know, do the Roth first and then go to a 529. Um, but now with the new changes in the rules, uh, the strategy is going to change. Um, it's going to be more of a hand in hand combo, in my opinion, with the Roth IRA and the 529 working, working together, um, and being able to use both of them equally, just kind of depending upon where you're at, how old is your kid, how many kids do you have, different things like that may sway the percentages. Um, but you'll you'll definitely want to bring the 529 back to the forefront now and, and have that discussion with your advisor. Was there a catalyst for this changing or why did they include this um, change? From, if from that every, is even an answer. No, no, yeah. From everything I've read, the argument for what has changed is that if you're going to save for a kid's uh, educational expenses and they don't use all the money, you should not be penalized for saving. And I think there's some validity in that. Um, now, when you kind of look behind the curtain and, and you look at it, like I'd mentioned, it's, it is a 10% penalty and no one, you know, if we can avoid that, we want to do that obviously, but it's, it's 10% penalty just on the growth. It's not like you get penalized on everything that you put in there. And the other aspect of it is, is overwhelmingly 529 plans are utilized by not even just middle-class families, like high income families. And I'm not here to get into the politics of high income earners versus, you know, low income earners or any of that. It's just 
if someone can have a 10% penalty on something and be able to pay for that, it, of course, it's usually someone that's better off. And so, um, that's one of the things that I'm reading, um, the complaints about the new changes to the rule is that it definitely benefits the wealthy and, and it does, it does, you know, if you're a low income person, you probably don't have a ton of extra money to save for your kid's education. So you can't even utilize these new rules that are very beneficial. Um, so it will be, you know, middle-class and, and high income earners that this will benefit more because they will have the capacity to use the rules. So, um, I think it just how do you create less? I mean, how do you create something that doesn't benefit the wealthy? I mean, I I, I understand that you could probably put some type of condition on there from an earning standpoint, but yeah, that's what it would be. Not to do a sidebar, but no, it's a good question. How do you regulate that? And um, it just seems like that's always the the one of the first things that we argue about is oh it's just another program or another policy that benefits the rich if we want to focus on that because it also it it also might be intended for the middle class or the low income but it yeah no i i think you bring up a very valid point we can take this sidebar real quick um i you know each each bill that gets passed would have its own way of how do you limit it not being just a benefit for the wealthy. Um, this one would have been, I mean, a, an easy way for them to do this would be to put an income limit on this, um, you know, similar to what they do for a Roth IRA. If you make too much money in any given year, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. So they cap out the wealthy. They don't allow them to do that. Um, they could have done that here and they didn't. Um, but, you know, the the flip side, and again, I'm not here to say what, what they did is right or wrong. I'm just here to say this is what people are complaining about um, on one side. To flip it around and, and play devil's advocate to the argument I've, I've previously, previously said that it's for the wealthy is wealthy kids aren't going to get grants because their parents make too much money. So if you're a low-income uh, family you have a much higher probability of your kid getting a grant or free money from the government to go to college. And so the flip side argument of this is, is that, well, this is a way that the parents can try to save for their kids and get a little bit of a tax benefit, because even though this is a good savings vehicle for them, it still is not free money from the government. This will never match someone getting a grant. That's 100% just free money from the government. So there is a flip side, obviously, to everything. And it's really just what side of the coin are you going to focus on or are you on? Because we, as a society, only focus on what affects us, right? If you're a high-income earner, you're going to focus on why this benefits or, or burdens you. If you're a low-income earner, you're going to be like, why is this benefit or burden you, right? So... We, we don't do a good job as society as a whole of looking at the entire picture and being objective and being like, well, yeah, this isn't a benefit to me, but I understand why it's there because I get benefits from a different area or whatnot. So that's how they could have done it. And like I said, we're not here to talk about whether it's good, bad for policy standpoint. That's 
that'd be a political show and we try to avoid that. Um, yeah. So from a timing standpoint, is this grandfathered in, uh, if you've been contributing, um, for the last 10 years, is, or do these new rules apply or is it from when it was passed on or yeah great question how does that work from a timing standpoint yep great question so that's all i have tanner it's great questions <laughs> good good well keep them coming um <laughs> sarcasm so it is grandfathered in anybody who has a 529 plan in place these new rules will apply to your 529 plan you will have these new options available to you now with that being said, the new options are not available until 2024. So don't do anything now. If you're listening to this, you have all year to plan. You know We're going to go over the, the new rules and the new potentials for you. Um, but don't do anything this year. I mean, other than get prepared to implement or take advantage of the new rules next year because this you, you can't do it this year you have to it starts next year the new rules and the the benefits start in 2024 but yeah if you've had a 529 plan in place for the last 15 20 years eight years doesn't matter that that all is perfectly fine and, and you'll get to use the new rules next year so um i didn't know that from a just a t- 10% um, going back to the previous question would be if we want to play out that scenario of just the growth. So say you have had uh, an offspring that was didn't go to college and you had contributed 50000 over however the length of time. So you've, let's just say you've got... Alexa. It's eleven forty nine a.m. All right, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> all right. Yep. Turn her off. I guess I said something. What did I say? Did I say Alexa? Nothing. It's fine. Just Let's keep going. say. Just keep going. I must going. have been mumbling, but. <laughs> um, so you've got sixty thousand dollars hypothetically. So, from a from your standpoint, you you can just take that fifty that was originally contributed take that out clean and mm-hmm. then what would you do with the the growth um would you roll it over into an ira and take that penalty or what would you, generally what would what would that look like under the old rules yes yeah oh, yeah under the old rules if you took it all out your fifty thousand that you put in you contributed you get out 50 grand the extra 10 that's growth would have a 10% penalty. So you'd lose a thousand of your 10,000 gain and get to keep 9,000 of it. So sure. it still is now like a terrible with the new deal. rules. Yeah. With sure. the, with the yeah. new rules, it's significantly better. So let's just start kind of going over some of these. Um, so with the new rules, again, this starts in 2024, any, unused money in a 529 plan whether it's a contribution or earnings can be rolled over into a Roth IRA for the kid not for the parent or the grandparent but for the kid tax free and penalty free so you can to use your example if parents put in 50 grand and it's worth 60 grand that amount of money can now, well, actually that's a bad example because there are income limits on it. So let's, let's back that down. 
if you put in $10,000 and it's grown to 15, you can roll that money over into a Roth IRA for your kid and that 15 grand can continue growing tax free for the remainder of that kid's life. Um, because Roth IRAs do not have um, RMDs, required minimum distribution, so you don't have to take any money out of that throughout your lifetime, and it gets to grow tax, continue growing tax-free. Um, the reason I had to switch that income, or, or not income, but that contribution limit is there are some, they did put some caps on this. It's not an unlimited amount. So some of the rules are, again, just kind of going over this, any unused money in a 529 plan can be rolled over into a Roth IRA for the benefit of the kid. You can only do the contribution maximum per year. So 6,500 currently. If that goes up in the future, then you can move more than 6,500 per year, but currently it's 6,500 per year that you can move. So it's going to take some time to get you know money moved over because you're going to have to do it over several years. There is also currently a lifetime cap of 35000 Now, reading this, how I read it is, I believe it's per child is 35000 but it's not crystal clear. And so, again, that's why it's nice that this doesn't start till 2024. We can figure out, did they mean... 35,000 per kid or did they mean 35,000 per family per adult you know like is it per each parent so you have 70,000 as a max you know I, I think it's going to be per kid but we're going to need more guidance from you know the IRS on on this um so just looking at that if you do 6500 per year it's going to take you 10 years Wait, that's terrible math. That's not right. Um, sixty-five hundred. The max. Yeah, thirty-five thousand is the max. Five years. Five years. I was off. Five point three years. So it's gonna take five point three years, roughly, to move the funds over, um, and and hit that max. Now again, the max might go up, because it's. They, they do index certain things for inflation. So maybe that goes up, maybe it doesn't. Um, but some of the benefits, there are so no... So is that the... Is that, go ahead. The cap is to the IRA or the 529? To the IRA. You can put tons of money into a okay, sure, uh, 529. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's how much can be moved. For... Yeah, it's how okay. much can be moved out of the 529 into a Roth. Um, some of the benefits, there are no income limitations. As I alluded to earlier, from an adult standpoint, if you make too much money, you don't get to contribute to a Roth IRA. They have income um, limitations on that. It doesn't matter. You could make $200 million in a year as the parent. You can still do this and take advantage of this um, for your kids. That part doesn't matter. Uh, some of the other things, there are some time requirements that they're putting on it. So the 529 plan itself must have been open for at least 15 years before you can start doing these rollovers. So again, we'll get to the planning strategies, but just hitting on one real quick. If this is something you want to do, get on it 
while your kids are young, you know, start it as soon as you can just open the thing and put a hundred bucks in there. There's no requirement that the, that the full 35,000 has to be in there at the beginning. It just needs to be open. Like just open the thing and put a little bit of money in there and start that 15 year clock. Um, another caveat with this is, and it's a little bit of a gray area, but how it reads is the 15 year requirement is for the same beneficiary. So again, as I alluded to under the old rules, and you still can, you can change beneficiaries. So if you have four kids and kid number one goes to school and gets a full ride, you can switch the beneficiary to kid number two. You still have the right to do that, but it seems, again, we'll need more clarification on this, but it seems like that very well could start a new 15-year clock. So again, to avoid this, open a 529 for every single kid. Then you don't have to worry about it because um, you can always... Do you have to... Weed question. Do you have to be the guardian or how does that language work? Uh, what do you mean? Is it to, to... I can't open a 529 for like my niece or nephew. Yeah, you can. Or can I? Yeah. Okay. So what's, how far does that branch out? Grandpa, grandparents? I could open a 529 plan for miles. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So 529 plans can be opened. Um, Why? Is that... Well, because people aren't going to do that. That's the thing. Like, I'm not going to just come open. There's no an account, right? Sure. No so, one. so there. Okay. Um, I'm and 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 this is the part. I'll be very honest. I don't know that level of of the owner. You may have to be the owner of the 529 for miles, or like your you know next of kin, something like that. Like your your parents or Greta's parents might have to be. I don't know if I could be the owner of it. But I can contribute to one. If you guys set one up, I can put money in there for miles. That's perfectly fine. Um, anyways, um, so with that, getting back to that, so the 15 years that they want it to be opened, and then the other aspect of it is, is once you have it opened, the money needs to be in there uh, five or more years before you can roll it over and that's similar to a Roth conversion. It's it's like a five year clock for a Roth conversion. So the money needs to be in the 529 plan for at least five years. Then you can roll that and any earnings on that money over. So again, hypothetically, if so you that amount in, correct and that the amount earnings, has, yeah, okay. yes and the earnings on that amount. So if you put in five thousand dollars ten years ago and another five thousand dollars two years ago, you can only move over the first $5,000 and any growth on it. The second $5,000 contribution has to wait. It hasn't reached that five-year clock yet. So they did put some restrictions on it, um, but it still, it opened up the 529 plan to really be a amazing <laughs> uh, generational wealth creator. Um, you know, let's, I'll cue that up because that's going to be our, our next podcast we go over is generational wealth creation and, and ideas for that. Uh, but but this is one of them. I mean, this is, you know, being able to put that money in there. So let's say, you know, you, you get on this right away and you, and you open a 529 plan for a kid as soon as they're born. Well, you'll hit your 15 year mark by the time they're 15. They haven't gone to college yet. 
you can, and 529s have changed. They added some things. So qualified educational expenses now is not just college. You know, if they go to private school, like you can be taking money out of this thing for the educational side of things. If they go to private school or, you know, any qualified expenses throughout elementary, middle school or high school as well. So it has benefit while they're young, but then you hit that 15 year mark and now you unlock this ability for any excess to be moved over into a Roth. And if you just start doing that for your kid um, and putting that, that money over there, I mean, you could get $35,000 into a Roth IRA for your kid um, at a pretty young age, you know, and then they can just let it sit there and grow or they can start adding to it once they get out of college or once they start working. But it, it's really going to give them a, a big um, head start over anyone who doesn't have this. And and it, it's here. It's not a it's not even a loophole. This is this is uh, I think we were talking about it uh, the other day. This this is not a loophole like there, there's the backdoor Roth IRA we've talked about before for higher income people to be able to get money into a Roth. Like this isn't even the backdoor. This is literally like the government just came in and smashed open the huge window that was right next to the front door and put in a big sliding glass door. It's like, here, just drive through this now. We'll make it easy. So why, I mean, uh, some of these other more advanced techniques that I've had to use for, uh, for some of my clients, this made it a lot easier for us, especially if you have kids, you know, if you don't have kids, it's different. Um, but you know, this is something where we can be really helping kickstart that and, and jumpstart, um, you know, a kid's savings for their retirement. Sure. Could be a kind of a reward to pass down if they, from a parental standpoint to graduate. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that we're a fan of this. You're a fan of this as a financial planner. Um, so you talked about that start date, 2024. What are we? What can we do? I, I haven't started a 529, but based off of this conversation, Miles is almost four, so probably get on that. <laughs> so what can we do from a planning strategy standpoint to to ready ready this? If 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 you're listening and you're in that. If this situation applies to you and you're, you know, you're ready to expand your family or you have a fi family and kids and pre prepping for that stage of your life. Yeah. Um, first, I always throw out there, I think you should get with your advisor and hopefully your advisors knows enough about this. And if they don't get a better advisor. Um, but but really, the, the key is kind of do you have kids? You know, if your grandparent level, the discussion is going to be different. Can you still do something like this? Yeah, but that's going to be more of the generational wealth transfer. It's not going to be how, you know, a huge benefit for, for you yourself, so to speak. Um, from a parental standpoint, if you have kids already, I would open a 529 plan as soon as you can. And like I said, throw 50 bucks in there. Just start that 15 year clock. Cause you don't, if it 15 years from now, you know, life changes. That's a really long time. That's a really long time. So you may, who knows? Maybe college is free by then. I mean, I have no idea what, where we're going to be in 15 years. Maybe your kid gets a full ride. Maybe uh, we, we don't know, but at least you've started that 15-year clock. That to me is the biggest burden, that 15 years. So just get that started as soon as you can. So open the 529 plan for each of your kids um, and just get that clock going for you. Then get 
you know, either with your advisor or, or start looking into this yourself and, you know, start putting some funds in there. And this is where the planning and financial planning is going to really come into play because there are going to be education or, or likely to be educational expenses that you can take out of this. So, you know, if you if you have the ability to, you're likely going to want to put in more than the 35000 because the 35000 is what you can just roll over. So if you have more than that and there's educational expenses, well, you can use the educational expenses and deplete that. And you also need to have the planning because the amount of money you put in there is going to be growing. So you don't want to get too much in there either, so to speak. You know, you don't want to have $100,000 in there unless there's going to be tons and tons of educational expenses because it's, you know, then you, then you're kind of stuck with it as the educational side and you're in the same problem that under the old rules, right? You have too much money in there and there's going to end up because you can only pull the 35 out. So, you know, get, get a plan. And, and as the, the big one, like I said, start that 15 year clock. And as you get closer, you're going to, you're going to know, you're going to have a decent idea. One, is my kid going to go to college Two, If they are, do they get a scholarship? Are they looking like they're going to, are they, do they have desires for uh, graduate school? Because that adds on more expenses. You know, all those different things of what they want will help guide how much you want to try to put in here. And then the other aspect of it is, is don't forget about the Roth IRA, though. If you have the ability to put money into a Roth IRA, that helps you. You know, this is really good and it helps your kid and it jumpstarts your kid. But the Roth IRA can also be used for educational expenses and jumpstarts you or continues help building you and we need to make sure which we'll hit on a lot more in the next episode but we need to make sure that while yes we want to take care of our kids we need to make sure we take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves we become a burden on our kids later in life because we don't have any assets and now they have to take care of us no one wants that so it's a fine balance and again that's where you need to have some thought put some thought into it and really try to um you know, work, work out a good plan that, that you can put into place for, um, you know, getting this set up and, and how you want to take advantage of it. Um, anything else that you want to hit on? I, I'm just looking at your notes here. So, um, f just from, from kind of weaponizing this 529 plan. No, um, yeah, we'll go over again, teasing it up for the next episode. We'll go over some more numbers and different things next time of how you can utilize this for generational wealth building um, and, and put out some numbers for people. So stay tuned for that uh, episode coming up. Um, but yeah, really, just just really look into this. Um, if you don't, oh, and I guess that's it. Well, that would be the other one real quick. If you don't have kids, still pay attention to it, you know, because if you're going to have kids in the future, you'll want to start this as, you know, as soon as they're born, like just, Open a 529 pen, put 50 bucks in there or whatever the minimum uh, the company requires and just, again, get that clock started for them and then you can figure it out as you go. Uh, but it definitely is something that opened up a lot of flexibility and a lot of um, ability to grow money tax-free either for the education or to jumpstart for your kids, both of which are amazing things and you get to do it with tax-free growth, which is the best type of growth. So, 
definitely, definitely look into it uh, further. Right on. I think that's, you know, I'm looking at it side by side. I look dead. <laughs> you got the, you have such a nice Phoenix sun yeah, glow I got, to you. Well, I also and can. I can here pretty I am. well. Well, so do I, but, you know, I haven't seen You're in the sun winter, in yeah. All winter. Yeah, you're like a <laughs> groundhog. It doesn't help that I spent, I spent literally two hours this morning um, snowblowing probably the most snow I've ever snowblowed in my life. So that says something since I've lived in the Midwest my entire life, well, adult life. So I probably have nasty windburn, but. No, my, can't tell that. Can't, my, I, <laughs> my. My eyelashes were like frozen shut when I was done. Just getting, it was beautiful. Yeah, we got about you and know almost two feet of snow. Just, just remember you, you choose to live there. <laughs> I do, and I need to. I don't know. Fix. I look like a ghost, so I might have to go fake. Might bake. have to fix that. So I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, get my towel out and lay in, in the driveway. There so. you go. Anything else you want to add? No. Nope. I think that's good for this episode. All right. Well, you just kind of teased up our, our next episode. So uh, pay attention um, to that as we roll into episode 39. So uh, that'll do it for us. Support our podcast by pressing that follow button. Leave a five-star review. Most importantly, tell a friend. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions for a future podcast episode, shoot us an email. That's uh, podcast at financially sharp.com podcast at financially sharp.com. Thanks for listening and watching. You'll hear us and see us in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 